May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts always be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. So I was drawn to Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss. You know, when you read Dr. Seuss's stories, uh, they're, they're are, they are genuinely parables. They are. They, they have some very deep meaning. The, the Lorax story, which was written in 1971, became about environmentalism and anti-consumerism. Is any of that going on? Maybe. How the Grinch Stole Christmas was all about the commercialism of Christmas. And then there's Horton Hears a Who. <laughs> this Horton is sitting over here. Any of you that came to the uh, our version of the Vacation Bible School, Pat uh, played the role of Horton, the elephant, in that in the, in dealing with that beautiful, beautiful story. And the phrase that's in that story that I think. And it goes throughout the story. A person's a person no matter how small. So the story begins in the jungle of Newell on the 15th of May. So Dr. Seuss says. And the players are, are kind of like this. There's the who of the town of Whoville. It may be an, an entire village, or it might be a city, or it might be seen as a whole civilization that lives on a teeny moat of dust blowing in the wind, drifting in the breeze. A moat of dust that was headed for destruction if it fell into the pool where Horton was basking. Calling from help, the, the who were calling as loud as they could, and only Horton could hear. Maybe, it, you know, the elephants have really big ears, and maybe that was it, but Horton could hear their their faint call, calling for help. Horton was an elephant, right? A very large animal indeed, basking in that pool. And so somehow he's able to hear the cries of the doom, the doomed. Very gently, Horton picks up this little moat of dust that's floating in the air to save it. Very gently he picks it up. And very gently he puts this little mote of dust on the flower of a clover. So now comes the kangaroo. 
I don't remember who the kangaroo was back then, but a kangaroo, a, a sour kangaroo, and he has a little kangaroo in his pouch, maybe her pouch, I don't know, a kangaroo. And the kangaroo adamantly desire, uh, denies the, any possibility of anybody living on a speck of dust. Just didn't make any sense to him. So they just reject the whole idea and they leap into the pool, putting the whole civilization into greater peril. So Dart Harton has picked up the clover with the speck of dust on it to rescue it. A person is a person, no matter how small. Horton proclaims. And then comes the Wickersham brothers. And the Wickersham brothers are monkeys. <laughs> and if you read the, his, Dr. Seuss's book, you know, he did all of his own illustration in cartoon form, and they're just wonderful, wonderful. The Wickersham brothers is a ra radically, a, ra a, a rascally bunch of who deniers. They're who deniers. And Horton is holding this little uh, uh, plant where he put the moat of dust on his trunk. And the monkeys crawl up his trunk and they capture the thing. And they run off and they give the, the little plant to... Val Valdikoff, Valdikoff, Val Valdikoff. See, now, Seuss was writing this in the time of the, like the Cold War. Most of us remember that. And so there's a little, a little uh, shout out to the Russians, I guess. Val Valdikoff is a uh, black-bottomed eagle. And so Val takes off, and Horton gives chase, and Val flies away and drops this flower into a huge, huge field of clover. The book describes it, I forget, how, but, but it's like maybe a mile, square mile or something of clover. So... How in the world is Horton ever going to find this? So he searches and searches for a long time. The book kind of drags out the search a little bit. And the Who uh, have, and their civilization or their little city has been severely damaged by the, when it fell into there, when he was dropped by Val Valdikov. So they're, they're calling for help at the top of their lungs. So after an exhausting search, Horton has found the speck of dust in Whoville. Then comes the rescue. Well, first of all, the kangaroos show up along with the whole extended family of the uh, monkeys. And they threaten to put Horton in a cage 
And it says, boil the whole little moat of dust in bezel nut oil, whatever that is. Does anybody know what bezel oil oil is? Uh, If so, let me know. So the mayor of Whoville gathers all the Who's together and and everyone together to shout as loud as they can. So the vigilantes who have showed up could actually hear them and believe that a person is a person no matter how small. And you can hear them, but it doesn't work. So Horton asked the mayor of Whoville that if there might have been someone who didn't show up for the, for the shouting, for the, the demonstration to appeal for help. So the mayor goes off to look and see if there might be someone. And the mayor finds one lone who... Jojo, who is playing with a yo-yo in apartment 12J of the Fairfax Apartments. It's in the outskirts of Whoville, I suppose. I don't know. So the mayor gathers up Jojo, and they climb to the top of the Eiffelberg Tower. And Jojo lets out a loud yop. It's written as Y-O-P-P. I don't know what that means. We could try it. One, two, three, yop. Wow, that's pretty good. (laughs) So as a result, all of the jungle of Newell And all who had gathered around heard the who. And they came to believe that a person is a person no matter how small. And they all vowed to support the who and the whoville for the rest of their lives. Sometimes it just takes the whole chorus. The whole chorus. So during the season of creation, we've been focusing on the very essence of our existence, fire, water, wind, earth. And it's kind of revealed to me uh, something about concerns, over the very essence of our existence, about the environment, the air, the water, worldwide social justice, equitable sharing of the wealth of the creation, all sort of have over these last weeks come to mind for me. And I think I take a certain amount of risk as a preacher to even bring this up, but I'm bringing it up anyway. Don't call the bishop. (laughs) 
But you know, the pollster take, pollsters take polls. And what it seems to show in the main, in the broadest sense imaginable, the vast majority of us, of us who's, share that concern. Our care, we care about these things. So, are we the who? Maybe we're headed to be drowned in the pond? I don't know. Maybe we're destined to be boiled in a pot of basil nut oil? We're living here on this pale blue dot, floating through the cosmos on a moat of dust suspended in a sunbeam, to quote Carl Sagan. Calling as loud as we can for someone to hear us. Come and save us from ourselves. It just doesn't seem to be loud enough. It's not loud enough. There we have protest marches, we have sit-ins, we have all kinds of well-meant efforts that we participate in. We overcome whatever obstacles have been put in our way. So maybe we should put down the yo-yo and climb to the top of the Eiffelberg Tower and search as far as we can and find a ballot box. A ballot box. Overcome whatever obstacles have been put in our way to get to that ballot box and vote. I think that's the only path we really have. There's other paths that involve violence and other unmentionable ideas. But it's the loudest voice we have. Let those who have ears, Jesus said, let those who have ears listen. Thank you for allowing me to rant a little bit. Amen.